Welcome to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, where you discover diverse wellness modalities, advice on growing your integrative practice, and grow confidence in being your unique self. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. I'm so glad you're here for the journey. Welcome to today's episode of the Holistic Counseling Podcast. I'm your host, Chris McDonald. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to give a shout out to any new listeners of the podcast. I wanted to welcome you. As a listener, you have access to my free nine-part email course, Becoming a Holistic Counselor. In this course, you'll explore different holistic strategies, how to develop your skills as a holistic counselor, and how to manifest your holistic practice through journaling. Go to www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com. Scroll down, enter your name and email address today. I am here happy to bring back our former guest, Teresa Cox-Mail, who was from our bonus episode after 45 called How to Use Crystals in Therapy. This is one area where there isn't a lot of information out there and one that I know a lot of listeners will love to hear more about. She also wanted to share some information on hypnosis today. Teresa is a therapist affiliated with Thrive Mind Counseling and Wellness in Jacksonville, North Carolina. She uses tarot cards, Reiki, aromatherapy, and other counseling techniques. A fun fact about her is she started as a vocational rehab counselor, which focused on physical and mental health disabilities. She also worked at a community college in student support services and was director of the Counseling Center. Welcome back to the Holistic Counseling Podcast, Teresa. Thanks, Chris. So glad to have you. I know we were chatting a little bit before I hit record on, we covered a lot in the last episode, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> a lot on the crystals, but I do get listeners, a lot of questions about that and, you know, curious like how this can all work. So, so I was wondering today, was there anywhere that you wanted to start to share more about using crystals in therapy or anything else with crystals? Well, there's several things. One one thing, you know, is, is I can't say that crystals you know, have some type of magic power that okay. will, will help you. But I think the important thing it is, is that it is a focus. And if you focus on something that it helps the mind in, in kind of like a trance state, it makes you feel good. And particularly if you have a beautiful stone or something to work with, um, one way of self-hypnosis through is through trance states. And when you touch something that is, it helps your mind go into a trance state. If you hold something or look at something, I have also brought some, some examples of, some, of several different techniques you can do to help you focus on positive affirmations while working with crystals. So what would be an example of like positive affirmations with a crystal? How, how would that work? Well, one way is to, you could draw this on, do this on canvas and make it pretty with, you know, paint a picture of it. But one good way is to like draw or paint a circle with a dot in the middle and put one crystal in the middle that you want to use as your focus. And then you can use other stones around the circle and you can like the different things that you want to like to protect you or to you want to affirm. You can put that outside on a circle in the middle. You want the main affirmation, you know, like, I don't know, like I'm a good person. But the outer circle is the hill is like your wall to protect you from negative thoughts. And so you might have a, a stone that you call safety or shield, different types of walls, you know, fence or something like that yeah. around you. Like, and it helps you 
the person feel more connected to the visualization. My goal with the visualization is that eventually they can image it in their head to put it out first, like a, a crystal matrix and with a specific intention, doing something physically. It's in hypnosis, it's called anchoring. You know, as you put each stone into place, you anchor your thought to the board where you have your drawing. Another part of that is something I've been studying called sacred geometry. And it's not something I've completely figured out yet, but... You're still learning. (laughs) (laughs) I know you mentioned that last time, but you said it's hard to describe. It, It is because part of it is something you do during visualization and meditation. Uh, You learn how to visualize certain shapes in your mind. I don't know how to explain it, but I've been working with it and I've I've taught some cl- different clients to the technique of imagine, say, it's the circle and being in the center of the circle to some clients. And they find it, for the most part, more helpful than the safe place visualization on EMDR because it just, it, it's like, you know, it's an archaic symbol of being inside like a magic circle, you being in the middle. You know, it's something that everybody relates to with feeling safe. Another part of it that people find helpful is some people just are so realistic that imagining a place that's safe is just kind of hard for them to do. Then that's where crystals and, and stones come in because it, it helps you with that focusing and anchoring your thoughts. But Another thing is that for people who can't like do a lot of imaging, you can imagine inside your brain where the third ventricle is. If you imagine like in the middle of your brain, like where the amygdala, hippocampus and the uh, limbic system is located, the pituitary glands, the third ventricle is kind of like bathed in cerebral spinal fluid. And I created a visualization where you could you could uh, imagine that you're having a spa day inside your third ventricle. I don't know why, but some women love that. That's, I love that concept because we think <laughs> spa day is so relaxing and chill. But I am so glad you mentioned that, though, people that have trouble visualizing because um, I had and, and it's an actual thing. Like I had one client that she cannot visualize anything. So I think having something like that could be helpful. Yeah, I think doing the the spa day in your third ventricle and doing a power grid with stones so they have something to touch and that helps build a trance state. Yeah, by anchoring, you know, touching the stones to the grid. But I, I start with a circle and or a triangle. Maybe another show when I've advanced to more <laughs> geometry than that. But right now I'm having really good success with using that in, in therapy. People just can nice. utilize those things more easily. So you said trance state. So can you tell a little more about that? Because some listeners may not be clear what that means. And this means like self-hypnosis, like going to a oh, state okay. of deep relaxation. Nice. Okay. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, some people think trance means something weird or woo woo. They think that, it's connecting to the other side, maybe. Yeah. No, <laughs> Which no, it could no, be, but not for this. Yeah. No, not, not, not for this. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. We're getting too woo woo today, but we can never do that on the holistic counseling podcast, right? <laughs> well, that's right. No, I love. 
I love that though, the circle you mentioned. So create, is it, is it just picking certain stones with that have some qualities or is it whatever you want to pick? What I do is there's these little pieces of stones like you can get for Amazon for like $10 for a pound or something. You can just, the client can just go through like a bag of the stones and just pick out what draws them. Another thing is you can go to um, Michael's Arts and Crafts and in the section that uses natural stones for jewelry, you can get some strings of like amethyst or crystal, uh, you know, tourmaline, not tourmaline, but um, um, and then I don't think the turquoise is real, but I'm pretty sure the amethyst and crystal is real. That's nice. Rose quartz. Uh, the other thing you got to look at with rose quartz is people tend to want, want really want rose quartz. And it's not enough. I mean, a want is six demand. And so some unscrupulous people dye the white quartz to pink. So oh. people think they have rose quartz. But you can usually figure it out if you put it in the sun and it fades. It's it's not real rose quartz. But if it stays pink, it's real rose quartz. Good to know. You can have a, a nice bunch of it and, the, and they can... T- if you if you get the, the little chip stones like that, you can let them take the stones home because you know you want to have so many. That's true. No, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, and they can just draw the circle on the you know the dot in the middle uh, if they if they need a focal point. But some people really need a focal point, something to touch, or they cannot really get to a, a, a state of relaxation and self hypnosis. Is there any like ethical concerns with saying like, oh, rose quartz will help you feel love or, you know, whatever <laughs> the benefits are? Or, or I, I just wondered with therapy. I don't like push meanings on, on oh, okay. things. I mean, I don't, I mean, if somebody asked me a question and I said, well, you know, they say, I don't know. Oh, there you go. Okay. I just enjoy using them as a tool because they're pretty and they feel good to my fingers. There you go. So we can't promise anything like, oh, this is going to help with your anxiety or stress. No, no. The only thing I make any promises about is shungite uh, decrease in EMF frequencies, which is not something you want. So tell me again, what what was that stone? Shungite, S-H-U-N-G-I-T-E. I-T-E, okay. Mm -hmm. In fact, they've got, I, I was reading this weekend about that there's like a company that's come up with, and I don't know if this is real or not because my BS meter keeps going off over this, but they claim that using Shungite, they can like send out frequencies, which will lift the vibrational level in your home so that people get along better, which I think that would be wonderful, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure it. about that. Yeah. Yeah. And they charge like $35 to $50 a month to send this frequency. <laughs> huh. Yeah. You, buyer beware. <laughs> right. I'm not committing to trying that one. <laughs> but just the stone itself, you think could be helpful. Yeah, I do believe because I mean, I mean, I, I've, I've read different places that are more legitimate about Shungite. Another, yeah, you could say it's a scam that's going on is the Oregon pyramid power stones tell you about that it's nothing mystical in my opinion about it i went to body mind spirit a couple years ago this guy jumped out of nowhere scared me half to death put a put an organ pyramid in my hand and then pushed my other arm down and then took it out and then put it back in and said say you're better with the organ stone uh, he shot me so bad I wouldn't have bought <laughs> That's was, not trauma informed, Teresa. No, it's not. But oh my I gosh. studied how you put them together and all that. And, and I can I can make an organ pyramid 
It's just resin and pyramid mold. The only thing that really is uh, legitimate about it is that they use uh, shungite. You get like a little copper wire, which you can get in a jewelry section, and just uh, make a little coil of it, and like a layer at a time, and you can build yourself a, an organ pyramid. And, you know, the shungite may do something to help, but, you know, the little coil of copper, I really don't think does much. But I think that's supposed to be part of what makes it work and generate energy. Yeah, yeah. No, I wondered about that too. Interesting. But they are pretty. <laughs> the pyramids. Oh, yeah, they're real pretty. And they probably are worth 20 or $30 because it is very time consuming to make one. So are there other ways that you use crystals? Like, is there with any other holistic techniques like meditation? Well, I just told you my meditation technique. You know, well, I mean, you can always... And again, for people that that are more tactile than visual or auditory, they can choose a stone like love, you know, and hold it and focus on it and just think on the properties of the stone, like I'm manifesting love in my life. Just the fact that Rose Quartz is known as that might aid somebody in, you know, focusing the intention. Okay. So I guess... Using it with intention can be helpful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't have an intention and focus your thoughts, then I just don't believe it would be effective. You know, it's the stone has not got the power to improve your vibes or anything like that. But I do know people over the years that when something was upsetting them, putting tape, literally taping different stones to their different chakras. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the voice of familiarity. Yeah. I remember you mentioned that before. Yeah. But I do know that some stones that I've used, like if I'm having a stressful day, I'll take, and I think it's just white quartz. I don't know if that does help with stress or not, but can't guarantee it. But anyway, I take my quartz and I, I've held on to it and I put it in my pocket as I go through my counseling sessions. And I, and I don't know if it's just the intention of it or the stone that helps, but it does seem to like, settle me down does that make sense yeah it does because it's a touch point you know you, you got your focus shifted and diverted from what's stressing you and knowing the stone is there is kind of like it's like a distractor uh, and it helps you split your consciousness one thing i teach people with anxiety is if you have bilateral um focal intent where you'd like or thinking like two thoughts at the same time that it can distract you from, you know, whatever is making you feel anxious or, or if you don't know why you're anxious, it helps. Okay. Or if you don't know why you're anxious, that's good to know. Cause I think, yeah, I think you're right with the tactile cause it is a stone that's, it's got all different sensations that when you feel it, they're smooth, there's rough parts and just using that, I think is helpful. For me now, everybody's going to be different, but I like raw stones better than polished. Oh, it just, I, I liked I mean, with raw stones, sometimes they'll have dirt on them or, you know, they're not as pretty. But for me, they are when they're not polished, the sharp edges and all that. Yes. As long as you're careful, it just it just gives you more of a a tactile focal point. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Polish, you know, I can just spin it around and around in my hand, but it and it might like be calming, but it's not quite the same type of focal point. Yeah, and I think it does help with um, mindfulness practices, just allowing that touch. And but and, and then visual, you could use that as your visual too to focal point. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have some large stones and I like to like practice like self-hypnosis by um, just staring at a, a large stone that might be up on my dresser or something and just kind of let my my mind relax. And then if you really want to up your game, use some essential oils with it too. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. And make sure you get essential oils from someplace better than Walmart because... Oh, definitely. The quality, and I'm not being a, a financial snob here, the quality is really better. I had a bottle of frankincense that I got locally and I weren't that keen on it, but I did. I, there's a aromatherapy place online. What is the name of it? In, anyway, uh, it's not Young uh, Living. It's a, oh, it's, okay. It's a, it's a different one. And I got the frankincense from them. Oh my God, it just knocks my socks off. It's like a different scent altogether because it's earthy. It's one that I particularly like for working with stones. Oh, I didn't realize that. It's like lavender to me seems more in tune like with amethyst um, because it's more, lavender just seems to be relaxing from a higher frequency. Stuff like frankincense or is a more of an earthy feeling, but it doesn't feel too earthy like say some people might have problems with pine or cedar, you know, but I think using stones and a an aroma, a scent is a really good way to help you get deeper levels of relaxation. And of course, being sure if you put any on your skin that you do dilute it with some yeah. oh, coconut yeah. oil or yeah, be careful with, because for me, I have a diffuser, but you got to be cautious because I know if I have too much in there, <laughs> I'll start sneezing. And if you have an in-person office and you want to use a diffuser, that's a cautionary tale too, being careful with that because not everybody can tolerate that. Yeah, I burned that bridge a couple of years ago and I about had to go to a different office for a day because it was too strong. Yeah, yeah. So being cautious with all of these practices, right? Because they're and everybody has different bodies and different kinds of allergies, so... Yeah. Oh, another fun fact about the third ventricle of the brain is that mystics call it the cavern of Brahma. And it's also known to be the, the area is known to be the creative center of the brain. Oh. And so I'm experimenting with working with it to, you know, get more in touch with my creative side. Because, of course, if you're anxious or stressed, you know, that kind of kills creativity. Absolutely. So I want to have that spa day there. <laughs> I'm going back to that. <laughs> I hey, picture me with the cucumbers on my eyes. And <laughs> yeah, and, and get some nice uh, scented oil, you know, have some aromatherapy and all that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> we'll make our own spa day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Oh, So I know you mentioned uh, you've had some training with hypnosis. So can you share some of what you've learned with that? Well, I've been through the, the general hypnosis training. Uh, after our, I got my certification, I took a class in what's called the Sense and Protocol. The Sense and Protocol is, is very definitely a holistic healing practice. It's I use it in trauma work. How do you spell that? Sensen? S-I-M-P-S-O-N. Okay. It was a lady named Ines, I-N-E-S. Simpson came up with the technique. She 
uses a fusion of different cultural healings uh, to create it. And it takes roughly an hour and a half. I think she's from BC, Vancouver. Anyway, the Vancouver Island, she lives there. And every now and then, if you go to her website, she does, I think it's like $25. She she gives like a run through to some, some protocol. Doesn't She doesn't do the long version, but if you want to see what it's like, she does do that on her website. I think it's inessensen.com. We can put that in the show notes too. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check it. That would be great. But um, what the technique does is it brings you to the highest level of hypnosis, which I think it's like level six. And, you're, and when you're in level six, you are so relaxed that moving is a great effort. And so it makes it a really good technique to use with trauma because if you're, you know, there's certain places in the script that you might touch upon a trauma, but you're so deeply relaxed that it's not distressing. Theoretically now, occasionally somebody will have a trauma so extreme that they wake up out of hypnosis with it. But fortunately, that doesn't happen very frequently, maybe once a year. But um, And then, of course, there's ways to help the person come back and calm down and all that. But once you reach that, that state of deep relaxation, I teach the person to give me, like, tell me yes or no by raising their fingers. Then we do a technique to entrance say the pointer finger and the thumb for yes and no. And then we there's different quite a few different levels. One is, you know, you imagine a happy scene from your childhood. And then there's another place where you see something that was distressing to you. You let it go as high as you need it in order to deal with it. And then when you've brought down the level of feeling, then you just allow the mind to take it back to peace level. You go through emotional, spiritual, physical, and then uh, and all different levels of, of healing, which I'll give you an example of in just a minute. But one of the other cultural healings is soul fragmentation, which as shamans use that in healing and, and the protocol shows you, uh, you know, you ask the mind is, does your soul, has your soul experienced fragmentation due to trauma? And if the yes finger comes up, then you tell the mind, please do healing for soul fragmentation. And and when you're done, raise your yes finger. It also um, clears past life issues. If there's any past life issues that are present uh, at this point, it also asks things like, does your heart need any healing? Does your white blood cells, your immune system, that's immune it. system, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 so does your immune system need uh, healing? And if, and if there's a yes, you tell the mind, please raise the level of the person's immune system. At the end of it, you do a post-hypnotic suggestion to implant. If you uh, if you say certain words, that it will bring the person will uh, have a uh, post-hypnotic suggestion. If, for example, they were to say the word peace, it'll help their mind go more quickly to a state of peace of mind than just say taking a deep breath and exhaling, like we're usually taught to teach clients that they 
learn to use their word along with breathing, it can help somebody snap out of an anxiety attack. Interesting. Oh, yeah. I've not heard of all that. I think that's very interesting. I think a lot of listeners might be interested in learning more about that. Yeah. On instance, and she's got, there's somebody in, I think, Northern Virginia that teaches it locally. I, I saw oh, wow. but uh, his name is Tim Horn and just a super, super guy. He used hypnosis technique in order to lose, I think it was, it was around a hundred pounds. So but he, he didn't, it, and I, if it's the one I'm thinking of, it's called the virtual gastric bypass. Oh, wow. I haven't had anybody successful with the virtual gastric bypass yet, but it's usually because people just won't stick to the protocol that you need to do in order to use hypnosis to recondition your relationship with food. Right. I'm sure that's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not so much complicated as it is that you just, you know, when you give the person a script that they've got to play every day. Yeah, they don't, yeah, they don't, may not follow through. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's why I don't think anybody's really been successful because they don't uh, follow through. But in the UK, where, where I got the script, she advertises a lot of success with helping people lose weight with the technique. But again, her people follow through. <laughs> <laughs> Must be uh, uh, the Americans, huh? <laughs> Don't know, it's <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> so, Teresa, have you had any success stories you could share? Is there anyone that you've really helped with hypnosis? Any noticeable results? Yeah, this was a few years back, but I worked with a lady who had sustained a extremely severe work trauma, and she was just like terrified to go anywhere, which I didn't blame her or anything like that. But with using hypnosis, and she practiced you know, the different scripts with, uh, there's, of course, the one with the sensing protocol. She used the post-hypnotic suggestion regularly throughout her day. She also, uh, as many times a week as she could, because like <laughs> every day, she would do a visualization that I had recorded for her to help her uh, relax. And she, after, I think, two years, she was able to leave treatment and she doesn't have the flashbacks and all anymore. Amazing. I use hypnosis in combination with EMDR, and I just really, really like doing it that way because it just gives me more options if, if the person has really got really deep-rooted trauma. If they are able to relax and we kind of glance over it and I ask the unconscious mind to reduce the amount of anxiety, it just seems I like to use it that way with, with severe anxiety rather than EMDR so people don't kind of get stuck between sessions and can't get that image out of their mind and all. But if with hypnosis, I don't have that problem. Oh, okay. And to me, it just comes to mind that you use a lot. It's like layering, doing different types of holistic strategies instead of using just yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't... I don't, I have multiple tools. I don't just stick with the hammer. I do other things. The hammer. <laughs> the, the hammer of EMDR. <laughs> but I first found, I just really believe, and my clients tell me, I, I don't think yeah. they, they like the layering technique of not just doing one thing. And from session to session, you know, in the first like 15 minutes, we kind of gauge where the person is look at what can I do to either treat or distract the person. Or sometimes it's just important to cut. A lot of times people with PTSD, they get dissociated and they're not realizing they're kind of like driving without a driver. Yes. (laughs) And helping them 
get more grounded, like using grounding techniques, like imagine your roots growing down through your feet into the earth. But that's another place that I like using stones is like if a client is dissociated, because again, it gives the person a focal point, that anchoring to help them, because dissociation is a form of hypnosis. It's just hypnosis you didn't know you did to yourself. I've never heard it called that before hypnosis you didn't know you did to yourself so that that, that kind of takes the stigma away because I think a lot of people will hear that word dissociation they're ah oh, that's like they feel like scary and it's not normal but it's but it's normal yeah yeah everybody does it what's wrong hypnosis self-hypnosis yes for it's sure. kind of like a dissociating because you're bored <laughs> True. Yeah. Everybody to a certain extent. Yep. But when I talk to clients about dissociation as a form of self-hypnosis and like the container technique from EMDR, I explain to them is that they are consciously choosing to dissociate certain things that they do not need in their conscious mind. And I think it, I don't know, it, it seems to help people make that distinction better. You know, it's something that's a very useful tool. It's just how you word things, I think, are that's very true. important. I read a lot um, in client groups on Facebook about uh, bad experiences with EMDR. And a lot of it seems to be centered around the client not being completely resolved before they leave the office. Even if I have to cut EMDR a little short, I make sure the client is stable before he or she leaves the office. But I I really think EMDR is even better online because you can actually be in your safe place. Exactly. And I saw I use brain spotting online too. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I went to somebody for brain spotting and I was so triggered the rest of the day because it was just like, oh, we're done. See you next time. And I was like, wait, what? So if you're if your nervous system is too hyped up and you're in activation, it's just yeah. you need a minute. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of use like a formula of like, I kind of time myself, but it doesn't seem too rushed and all that. But I allow about 15 minutes to do like a, you know, to kind of see where they're at and focus on what they will need that session. So I allow like 30 minutes for doing the treatment or whatever, and then 15 minutes to transition back into their real life. Absolutely. So I know you mentioned a holistic strategy you've created for yourself is called the eye of the storm visualization. Oh, yeah. What is that? that? Can you share that? Well, yeah, that that's that's the spa visualization. Oh, okay. So you have a different name for it. Well, there's the eye of the storm, which is for veterans and males because they don't they're not particularly interested. They're not into spa days. (laughs) Right. They're not that in for spa days. You know, you just have the person imagine they're like in their circle and they're in the middle of their circle and outside of their circle is a storm. They're in the eye of the storm. They can watch the storm from inside their circle, but it's the storm and all the chaos going on outside of them does not enter the circle. Nice protective barrier. Yeah, because particularly like guys have been in combat, it's like, or really like in a Star Trek, you know, you can imagine a force field. Yes, <laughs> force field enact risk. Yeah, or transport yourself out of there. <laughs> okay. Um, it, 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 you know, when people, like particularly with anger, the eye of the storm is really good because you can dissociate yourself from your anger, you know, the with you in the center in your circle and your anger is outside of you. It's a it's a really good tool for helping somebody bring their anger down. 
Yeah, that's like externalization. It reminds me of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, if the person needs more grounding, doing a stone in the hand seems to really help. Okay, perfect. So what's the best way for listeners to find you to learn more about you? You can email me, give them my email address. And we can put that in the show notes too. Yeah. And uh, that, of course, you can get me, you can go through ThriveMind if you're interested in setting up an appointment. But if you want to talk to me or want to get more information about Sensing Protocol or other techniques, you know, just email me and we can... I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to put my phone number out there. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're brave with your email. But uh, I can arrange to talk to you. Excellent. If, you know, if you want more information, because we're kind of going through yeah. a lot of different things really fast. Of course. Yeah. Because I know listeners don't want to sit here for three hours. So, uh, <laughs> so no, good. Yeah. I know we could keep going, Teresa. There's been so many good things that you've shared. I, I feel like you have so many awesome holistic resources to share and i appreciate you coming on the podcast today oh you're welcome one more thought that uh holistic therapists may want to try is uh get a description to gaia.com they do yoga they do visualizations and self-hypnosis i think it's like a subscription is like a hundred dollars a year i mean i get way more out of it than hours oh, wow. i spend but this, they they emphasize holistic practices they go into nutrition and food now there's some stuff that's kind of over the top but if you can ignore that there's some really <laughs> great stuff on there that's really holistic and uh helpful to your you know tools as a therapist because that's where i get a lot of my ideas great Well, I want to thank my listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to visit us at www.holisticcounselingpodcast.com forward slash resources to access all my holistic resources with some discounted prices. This is Chris McDonald sending each one of you much light and love. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the Holistic Counseling Podcast. Ready to engage with other holistic counselors? Head on over to my Facebook group, the Holistic Counseling and Self-Care Group, where you'll be able to connect with other holistic counselors just like you. You'll also gain invaluable resources on holistic practices daily and connect with others in a fun, drama-free environment. Remember to tune in next Wednesday for another episode.